evening, everybody. It is time for another edition of the American Horror Story Cult After Show entitled Relapse, brought to you by Bad Culture Radio. I am your host, Giandra LaBeouf, back with you for our fourth consecutive week, recapping the latest installment of American Horror Story Cult. And boy, things are starting to take shape. One good thing this week is we made it through a whole episode and Allie didn't cry. Can you believe it? She didn't cry. She didn't whine. She didn't cower. She didn't do anything. And here we are, another episode in the can. So let's get right into it. Tonight, I like to call this episode, it's entitled 11-9, and the episode centers on election night, or actually just the event. Just prior to election day, just after election day, and the time at the voting poll itself, where everybody has gone out to cast their votes for the respective candidates, Donald Trump, Jill Stein, Hillary Clinton, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> so this episode served as a great kind of flashback to kind of bring us to speed to see where we are today. So, of course, more rich with political references from our most recent presidential election. So it starts off with a bang with uh, the man with the bloody arm entering the whole place. We don't know he has a bloody arm at first. We just see some blood trickling down and we really can't understand why. And we will flash back to why that man is bleeding because it was revealed at the end of the show. Allie, despite promising her girlfriend Kai that she would not do any type of votes that were revenge votes, but she does it anyway and she casts her vote for Jill Stein. What's really interesting about this episode is that it's kind of like the shaping of the cult, kind of the drawing of the three. They start to form like Voltron or evil Voltron. And it starts with Harrison and Meadow, who are the Gabers, as I like to call them, who live across the street from Allie and Ivy. We see that Harrison was working in a gym and he was being antagonized and singled out by his employer for being a gay male, which was of course, the wrong thing to do. Kai, who we have been led to believe to be this intolerant, racist character from this point, he is very specific in the type of people that he wants to draw into his cult. And so we get our first look at the intro to the cult is through Harrison, who he witnesses. He's been watching for a long time, kind of stalking to see that he's been antagonized by his current boss. So with that, he says just the right thing. Sometimes you see a person who is broken and beaten down, and those are the easiest people to manipulate. And he identifies those traits in Harrison, and he moves right in and tells him exactly what he does, what he needs to do, and essentially goads him into killing his boss. He reaches in and he kind of taps into that deep recess in our minds that harbors that animosity for someone in our life that we feel that have wronged them. Some people have have this deep-rooted within them, and some people don't. But what Kai's ability is, he can identify it in just the right person, much like our current president. So Kai leads him in there, and he ends up killing his boss with a big old dumbbell and then beats his face in. Yuck, that was pretty gross. Not after he has been humiliated and demoralized by being made to clean up the cum stains in the shower. I wouldn't want that job either. So that was pretty nasty. So we see Kai's side of the story. Then we flip over to Meadow, who Meadow, who we learn is suffering from a debilitating illness and she can't work. We learn that she had a job, but she was being sexually harassed by her employer. 
the whole time, leading her to quit her job and become a stay-at-home wife and support her husband, Harrison, who we know from early episodes is gay. They have a marriage of convenience. Kai has massively singled them out and, and noticed that they both have things in their life that they want to compensate for. Metal tries to seduce her husband. That was a pretty funny scene. She tries to seduce Harrison to make him forget about the issue with the house being foreclosed on, and he's gay, so he's not very receptive to it. So with that, we see her being drawn to Kai and essentially becoming a new member of a cult. And finally, the last of the three members that we see join the cult is Beverly Hope, the newscaster. Beverly Hope is uh, the African-American newscaster who's been reporting all the stories, and the issue that she's been facing at work is she hasn't been giving these prime stories. She's giving a, she's been given a lot of stories where she has to go out in the field, kind of get her hand dirty, and dig into the work and work twice as hard, only to reap not even half of the rewards, while her white counterpart is promoted and given easy assignments that will lead her to the anchor desk just because she's sucking off the news manager, the news director, the guy on top. So, you know, in usual fashion, she's being kind of kind of groomed to get a top spot while poor Beverly Hope is still in the field and Kai manages to find her in the same thing. He recognizes the rage that he has. There's a scene where she's doing a, a story from the field and she goes, it's nice to be back. And Kai thinks, that's so important. Why? Where was she before? And that's when he finds out that during the course of her travels of covering um, political coverage during the election campaign season, more on more than one occasion, lots of people came up to her and started screaming, grab her in a pussy, grab her in a pussy. And she just got fed up and she beat a person down with her microphone. I probably would have done the same thing. So she snaps, she gets put on leave, she gets brought back. And it's still made to feel like a second-class citizen once she gets back. So what ends up happening? Kai handles it with his newly formed cult consisting of Harrison and Meadow. They go out and they slash to kingdom come. This white little girl whose name we never know, but we know her from past seasons. Um, She has appeared on past seasons. And she has no character name because we only really needed her for one episode. So welcome back, grand opening, grand closing. And she is dead. And with that, Beverly realizes that Kai is all in for her and he's down for the set and wants her to be part of the cult. So now we see that we have a fully functioning cult, but wait, there's more. The most interesting part of this episode was the fact that Winter, we already knew that Winter from the beginning was in some type of thing with Kai. At first I thought maybe there were siblings. Now we just realize there are people who connected. And through Winter... Winter identifies none other than Ivy, who is Allie's girlfriend, who also gets antagonized at a Hillary rally when a MAGA supporter reaches out and grabs her in the pussy while she's walking by while they're trying to debate points. And from there, it turns out the pussy grabber is the owner of the grocery store who is bleeding in the very first scene. So they capture him, they beat his ass, they lock him down in the basement, they handcuff him down there, and they tell him that he's going to stay there until Hillary is elected. But Kai instead goes to pay the man a visit and tells him in a very saw-like fashion, I have a a proposition for you. If you really want to get out that bag, cut your damn arm off. And you know what? The fool does it. Sometimes that desire is so fervent to prove other people wrong, you're willing to cut off your own arm to prove it. And that's exactly what happens. And then we 
fast forward to the beginning where we started, where we're welcome to Trump's America. And that is American Horror Story Cult in a nutshell tonight. It was interesting to see exactly, now we know exactly who the cult people are. What's going to be interesting in the episodes to follow is to see what Ivy's role has been in antagonizing her girlfriend, Allie. Does she know Allie was wishy-washy and was voting for Jill Stein? Is that why she's targeted? We know that the clowns have been in the house now because it's pretty clear that Ivy is part of this cult and the level of her indoctrination. We haven't quite seen it yet, but if she tied a man down in the basement or handcuffed him and left him there to go vote in the presidential election, there's no telling how deep the rabbit hole is going to go. But yeah, that's it. It looks like things are finally starting to heat up. We're starting to see the connection of the characters. Now we will see the growing of the cult. Beverly Hope is going all amorosa on us. We don't know what Ivy's doing. Winter is singling people out. How come nobody remembers meeting each other before? I don't know. But actually, no, it makes sense. When Ivy brought home Winter to be the nanny for the baby, she knew exactly who she was bringing home because they were already members of the cult. Remember, flashing back to episode one or two when they had to hire a nanny, she popped home with the nanny, and Allie was like, hey, you just found this random person to find our baby? Maybe that person's not so random, but Allie doesn't know that yet. Who knows? Allie might be the puppet master of the whole thing above Kai, but we will find that out in coming weeks. So I thank you again. This is the episode. This is uh, episode four of the American Horror Story recap show entitled Relapse, brought to you by the Bad Culture Radio Network. I'm your host, Giandra LaBeouf. Please make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Giandra LaBeouf. If you're here, you probably already know that. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bad Culture TV. If you missed any of my past episodes, you can go to Bad Culture TV and check for the American Horror Story Cult tab and find all of the past episodes there. We'll be back next week. We'll see what these characters are doing. Somebody else got to die. We got to find out how they plotted to kill the Asian people and how they ended up in the house. Now that we know that they're part of the cult, definitely no coincidence. They were targeted not only because they were part of the local political machine and now their house becomes available after getting foreclosed on the other house. Hey, you got to have a good cult clubhouse and it looks like it was there on Wisteria Maryland Lane or wherever they're living and this is going down. So thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Good night.